This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I am Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno. With me is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solana McDaniel, first QN student at Aikido of Fresno. And we're back. We made it again. Another week. Another exciting week. Another week. Who knew? Who knew? We made Who it. Who knew that we would be here? Um, this is a pretty last minute recording, actually. We're barely getting it in there. It's fine. It works. People, they won't know. They, they don't know, know they all no about until we, unless we tell them. I know. And we always yeah. tell them. Uh, yeah. We're always like, no, we didn't. We, we messed up, guys. <laughs> don't be mad. But uh, uh, We're honest to a fault. Yeah. But we're here and we got a, a pretty good topic uh, this week, I feel like. Me and Chris did some pre-gaming earlier and it was a rousing conversation, I felt like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, this one comes from one of our list. Who's it? Uh, uh, Constantinos Andrew. He oh, sent man. this to us. This uh, guy. Yeah, yeah, he's one of our That's patrons. Some good ones. Yeah. Um, so let me just go ahead and uh, read it here. Um, he said, I want to ask you if you can discuss in your podcast what's the best way to explain a technique without giving away things that would be more useful or meaningful to the student if they figure it out by themselves. So, and then he kind of goes on to explain um, that his teacher used to uh, let him figure out uh, when is when it was best to apply a mote versus ura on a technique um, by providing the okemi for him. Um, and then he was just kind of talking about how uh, he also can see how that might be difficult, uh, and that's not really how he teaches because there's all these different people, and you you can't necessarily rely on the okemi of the other students to provide that for each other so it's kind of what he uh, asked about yeah it's a really good, uh, a good, good thing to talk about this gets i think back to uh one of those uh, and this isn't quite what he's talking about but i think it kind of falls into this which is like that idea of there being secret secret techniques uh secret uh just secrets and i am under i am of the opinion that uh everything should be laid out uh, on, you know, in front, like everything should be clear and simple and straightforward. Um, and I know I've seen a lot of, uh, like, dem- not demonstration, but I've seen a lot of class videos of people teaching class, and I've even had a few uh, that were like this, where the uh, instructor just sort of shows something, and then is like, do it, and you go and do it. And that definitely leaves it up to you to figure out, like, why am I even paying attention? Like, why are we doing – like, what is this all about? I personally don't like that style of teaching. I don't think that it's um, – it's good for a certain level. So if you're a black belt – and this is what – I actually felt this. I was nearing my black belt test, uh, and I had a uh, class with uh, an instructor I hadn't uh, – had before and he had a really awesome class for me because of the level i was at anyone i felt like most everyone else in the class wouldn't got what he was talking about did, yeah you know they they were approaching it on a, a different level um so i think that's there's there's some to me at least there's some issue in like keeping things from people i mean i know what he's saying i think about having to letting people discover things for themselves but they're gonna discover them for themselves regardless of whether you tell them or not 
I think, I don't know, I think what I got from the question, at least, was not so much the, like, secret techniques kind of read, but more that, like, um, it's important to let people, uh, or at least his teacher, valued um, letting people feel something and, and, and learn how to read a situation, which I think is important um, and it's something that we should be teaching is, um, you know, here are two different options. Can you feel which one is appropriate? In well, this and that's fine. I think if it's set up like that, like if it's if it's set up like we're, we're doing some stuff, uh, keep an eye out for these things that might appear as opposed to just doing two different techniques mm-hmm. and expecting the person to understand why we did two similar yet different techniques you know does Uh that make sense like you're saying that there needs to be an explanation that goes with that or at least some sort of like hey here's a heads up (laughs) that 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 we're doing different things here and you might want to explore why they're you know because otherwise you're probably going to get people who um miss it completely or misinterpret what's happening that's why it's it's a super complex thing so so for a little while i was on this kick of uh experiential learning which basically just means like you do a thing um and no one tells you if it's right or wrong you just discover it all for yourself right like uh and and i thought it was really cool and and i I actually wrote up a way to kind of learn martial arts like this and, and i thought it was cool and and it's actually not far from the structure I used to teach my self-defense class, which is like mostly I just throw people in there. So like it's like, hey, you're going to wrestle for three minutes. Here are your baseline objectives. Do that. And then uh, it's not truly experiential, pure experiential learning because I will watch and then I'll go, oh, they're all fucking up this. And then I'll give, you know, little little things talking about technique and, and so they can fix stuff. But there's a different kind of learning you get from – getting it on your own versus someone telling you. Um, and, and I think, like, it can be really confusing. Well, it can be really hard when you're telling people what to do and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I intellectually understand that. But then they keep fucking it up. Like, they don't really understand what it is, you know. And there's this moment that we have in learning that's like epiphany. I mean, I think that's the word you'd use. But it's it's like I get something on a deep, deeper level. And so then then – I know it. I actually know it. And you're more likely to have that epiphany if you get the thing on your own as opposed to when someone tells you. Uh, and when I was talking to Josh about this earlier and, and right now the stuff he was talking about, I think good good stuff to talk about, which is, you know, like probably, uh, just to answer the question a little more directly, uh, probably you could tell people exactly what it is and they won't get it until they get it anyway. Right. So so they could intellectually think they get it. And, and I could see how there's the idea that like, that thinking they intellectually get it will actually get in the way of them learning it. But I don't think it will if they're an honest student because they'll keep asking like on one level or another, even if they're saying like, oh, yeah, I understand that a multi or dominant techniques and or receptive techniques or whatever the the specific question is. Right. Um, I think that they will. It will hit them on the head when it hits them on the head, whether they got that purely on their own and you told them nothing or whether you um, told them explicitly and they just didn't get it until they get it because that's the way it is. You won't get it until you get it. And I think the drawback, though, is the sec- the, the way in w- if you don't tell them, I think it takes a lot longer. Uh, well, and I mean I shouldn't say that because maybe it doesn't and I'm sure everyone's different, but it just seems like – you're leaving people just to 
flounder out there and isn't it your job as an instructor to instruct them and like i i understand the idea of wanting to let people find out things for themselves and i actually have a i was telling Craig, i feel like i have a bad habit of this which is like I always want to over explain, over explain, over explain, over explain, over explain. And sometimes it is. I just, you just have to stop and go, no. Just let them do it. Yeah, just do yeah. it and, and see if they can figure it out, you know. So I, I'm saying this knowing that for my own self as a teacher, um, I should maybe do a little bit of flip flop, you know. To me, like, you know, like what I try to do most of the time, and, and I'm in a position where I've been teaching for a long time now, so I have people who basically understand how I understand Aikido, and so there's lots of little supports going on all the time, but basically all I do is I watch, I give them material to go through, and then I watch, and then if they're on the cusp of something, but not right there, I see if I can suggest things that will push them past the cusp, Inception, right? Inception, man. Inception style. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, like you're, they're right there, and it's just give them the extra little nudge to push them into the next thing. Um, but I really do try, for the most part, to let people get it on their own. Um, and like I do it in multiple stages, though, which is like, you know, when I get up and give the explanation of the class, and I know this isn't going to work, but I do it in case someone's listening, I explain everything of importance about the thing I'm presenting. Mm -hmm. Meaning I present, I, I explain like, these are the things you're gonna get hung up on. This is the reason why you would do this. It relates to these other things in this ways, right? In these ways. And I, I hit it like that and I just go through it. And I'm, I'm not expecting 99% of people to ever understand that. But it is collecting in their head, right? And so like, that's kind of always in their head. And so when they're ready to get that, those lessons will flood them all of a sudden and they'll go, oh, that's why you do that. Oh, I get it, I get it, I get it, right? But I'm not expecting, like I'm I'm never expecting to sit down with a student and have an intellectual discussion with them and them go, oh, I get it right, now because right. they're never I can armed. do Aikido now. Yeah, yeah, it's never, yeah, Matrix only, you know, Neo can do it when plugged in. Um, but, but other than that, no one's going to get it. And so then after that, I do the best visual demonstration I can of it. And then I let them fuck up. I just let them fuck up over and over and over. And that's great. They fuck up, you know. And and if it's bad or wrong or, or off track, I try and push it in the right direction. But as many or as few little nudges as I can give is what I want after I've done talking and showing. Like, it's like, here's what it looks like. And here are the things you should know if you're picking up on this intellectually. Other than that, let them mess up, you know. Right. And I think it, it's, it is important to let them mess up. I think it's also important... But you also have to be willing to step in and and correct things because I think it is also easy to get off on, uh, you know, bad roads or bad tangents. Yeah, and, um, and and as I said, you know, like I I can teach that way now because I've I've got a lot of people who understand how I teach the system. But you know, the only things I really jump in on are like Uke's taking weird ukemi that the person can't get any feedback as to what that technique is, and then I usually just try to correct Uke. You know, like I don't actually correct Nage as much. So like meaning, you know, if you have uh, if you're doing ukemi and. Uh, someone's taking ukemi for ikkyo and they're turning their back constantly and that turning the back constantly makes the ikkyo omote say come off poorly. Um, I will go in and correct the uke and I usually don't correct the uke by telling them what's wrong. I do an ikkyo and they turn their back on me. I dump them with uh, iriminage, right? So like that's the, the way I do it and I go, see, that's why you wouldn't turn your back. And then if I correct the uke, then what will happen is the nage will correct themselves right. because they'll hit the right resistances. Yeah, it's it seems like it's a delicate balance between like um, creating the right scenario for people to learn in, and then letting them play in that sand that safe 
sandbox that you've given them you know right. it's like you're not it's not like um like taking a toddler and just letting them run free in a park with no right. fences you right, know right, right. you can't just let them go you know and they're gonna pick up shit and eat it and you know what right, i mean like you right. have to give them a boundary you know right. but like once you right. have that little area then that you can let them you know fall safely and right. you know play and, and figure things and out part of it is letting them eat shit once you know right. like oh i don't like shit you know like i mean right. that's that's part of the you know like but it, it's like you know you have to as a teacher you have to assess what are we here to get through today what can i reasonably expect from this student and what can they get with the people they're working with today you know so mm-hmm. so just some classes you have to give up on you know like and he was saying you know and, and this is real like he was saying, oh, you know, my teacher took a kimmy for me for omote and ura techniques, and so he could physically provide um, what omote and ura were, so that uh, he knew that the Constantinos knew um, what was right for when, right? And that's awesome, and it's a great way. And if if I get to work one on ones, I a lot of times do that. I don't really talk too much. I just take a kimmy and then give them the right pressure so they get it. But you can't do that all the time. And so, like, what he's saying is, like, oh, man, it sucks because with a regular class, I don't have the caliber of uke to to help mold nage, right. you know? And so, to me, being able to crystal clear explain to uke the scenario is is part of the goal you want in that, right? And then, like, you know, so not that you don't, you know, you definitely don't hide it from nage that, like, oh, this is what you're doing. But you make sure you're clear to uke, like, look, you wouldn't do this because of this. You wouldn't do this because of this. And this is not an option you're taking now, you know, whatever yeah. the set is. Well, I will say, though, that I think ultimately you learn a thing on your own when you learn, like, That's regardless. Right. Yep. Um, and, you know, I, we've told the story on this podcast before, but or maybe we haven't. Um, there was a moment when uh, we were talking about Haragi. Uh, well, we weren't talking about but I discovered it for myself. Um, and it really was – now, you know, Chris had been saying – the these exact things for months years at this point probably i and i had heard them and i probably repeated them and i had probably been doing but one day it hit me just clearly um and i don't even remember what we were doing but whatever it was at that time made it crystal and uh, crystallized it for me um and that was the moment that i knew it right and and did you tell me about it of course but I still discovered right. it on my own. Right. And I think that's all of training. I mean, that's yeah. what the training is. So it's like I wouldn't I wouldn't be um I wouldn't be afraid to tell people what it is that's going on because they may or may not be ready for it. And and ultimately even if they're told, they still have to experience it, it to yeah. to live it in order to get it, right? I just had so. this experience today at work. <laughs> I'm still like, oh, maybe three or four months into a new job. And I um, people have been telling me, hey, you should wait to do this thing until a little later in this process before you, you take this step. And I got all excited. And today I was with a client and I was like, let's do this thing. And um, people had told me, hey, you should probably wait until later to do this thing. You should probably wait. And my coworker even told me today to do that. And I'm like, no, it's fine. And then I went over and talked to someone else, some other expert. And they were like, yeah, you shouldn't do this right now. And I was like, dang. And and so, like, it finally hit me after all these people telling me you shouldn't do this thing that, like, I should not do that thing. And they were recommending it and letting me kind of do it anyway if I wanted. But I had to have it m- multiple times and then have that experience and be in the moment 
and then be like, oh, no, I, I should not do right. this thing. And I, I kind of think what's going on, I mean, mm-hmm. I think this is a great example because mm-hmm. I think this is what Constantinos is mm-hmm. asking, which is mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, how do you let them get it on their own yeah. and not make it about telling them, you know? And, and I think part of it is just let them sit with their practice on their own. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't mm-hmm. worry about hammering it in their head. I mean, you still tell them, but you don't, you know, like – I always say it's triage, right? So, like, I look at a student and I decide the biggest fuck-ups they're making and then I try and correct those and then I let a lot of shit fly because you can't fix everything at once. You only have so much attention. And so it's like, you know, I go, oh, your footwork sucks. And so, like, I have them hit the footwork and I try and explain it to them. Now, sometimes people will fix that perfectly in one session, no problem. And it's like, okay, now they got that. We can move on to another thing, you know, but but they have to be able to get it. And then I know that they comfortably have it before I, I push new things, but they are still always learning it on their own, right. you know? And I think too, like, I don't know, I was thinking about the, some of the parallels between my own job and, and training um, any martial art. But like at first, you know, what he's talking about is his teacher helped him to, um, his teacher put a, a decision in front of him and said, what would you do? You know, mm-hmm. is this a mote or is this Ura? What would you do mm-hmm. in this situation? And that is a higher level step uh, than some people are ready for because some people need to know what the choices are in the first place first before you make them make a decision right. on their own. Right. right. And so, you know, for me, I've been training for a while. And so it's been, people have been like, at first it was, you need to do this or this is what you should do with this client. And now I'm to the point where it's like, um, well, you know, here's my opinion, but you're it's it's your client. You do what you want to what you want with them, and you have to make that choice on your own and and, and see how that works out for you. You know, mm-hmm. and you may make the the less good choice of the two, and and you'll you'll work with it and you'll handle what comes after that, and then maybe the next time you'll you'll make a better choice. You right, know, right, right. I think that's an important part of training <clears> is um, setting people up in a safe situation to make some bad choices and learn from their own choices and and see why that maybe would work out or maybe it wouldn't. And I think that's kind of more the situation that he's talking about is letting people um, feel that for themselves and not just telling them immediately, well, you should do a mote. You should do it. You know, right, like letting right. them do that. And I think that uh, we do that a lot in class, and I appreciate those moments. But it, there's a certain group of students that it's it's good for, and for others, it's not. They're and not then, ready for that. Right. This is what I was saying. You know, I think at a certain level, you can do more of letting people discover things. And you were actually – I think you said earlier something like like playing with it, right? Yeah. So you can the practice can become a little more of like experimental, like working through a situation, right? And that's where you discover things. But that's like a, a later stage thing, right? Um, and if you're in a in a basics class or you're just you know really working on sort of the the keyhone techniques, um, I feel like you got to lay it all out straight up for people make it as so that they have all of that down so that when you get to that next level that next step they they have everything in place to be able to play um and kind of discover the higher level things on their right, own right um because they shouldn't i mean to me also truthfully like urinomote isn't something you should have to discover on your own it's something you should be told straight out Right, the use for er and a multi, you should be told straight up, right out, because it's so fundamental to what we do. Now, mm-hmm. whether you're going to get it or not, who knows? Right, but right, you know. I think a, a lot of the trouble 
I, I this is different than his question, but it, you know, to me, like, so when I'm looking at it, there's a bigger arcing thing in this question, right? So, like, I think Constantinos is asking a really direct question about, like, um, you know, how can I best help my students get this stuff? And I think it's a that's, that's a, a very point. responsible, awesome teacher thing to ask, right? Which is like, you know, I want my students to be good. How can I best facilitate? Is that best by like? But telling them this, and and I think he's got the idea that it's not best by just telling them, but but to let them discover it on their own. And so, how do you let them discover it on their own? And, and I think that's awesome. But to me, there's a there's another question that's behind this stuff, not not from him, but just in general, which is like, as I care teachers, we should all be able to agree upon a set of truths, right? So like, we should all be able to say. Uranamote means this, and we should all know that on an experiential level and also on an academic level and also on, again, then again, a level that we could academically explain it to someone. Now, the reason we need that is because overall what we need to do is strengthen what the system's doing so we're all clear about it. And then when we're 100% clear about that, we can take different methods with each student individually to help them get what they need and how, you know? Um. And it's like, I, I think, you know, him asking the question, I think it's it's a cool question to ask, but it's, it's like, I think he already knows the answer, which is um, the more he can give that situation to the students, the, the better it will be right. for them to learn it. Right. And that's, but that's going to happen whether he tells them directly or not tells them directly. Like, because they won't, like academic learning and, and like uh, intuitive learning are, are two different things. Right, right. And so like, he's asking like, I want them to get it on an intuitive level and not just an academic level. And so I think he's scared that like telling them academically will will retard their um their their intuition, their intuition right? right? Yeah. But I don't think that's true, especially not any student who's really trying to get it. I mean, maybe if you got a guy who's just punching a clock, right. but it kind of doesn't matter what you do with that guy anyways because, because he's probably not going to get it, you right. know? Um He's not interested in getting it. Right. That's exactly right. But but I don't think trying to like hold back academic information is going to help their intuition very much. Um, And I think, in fact, it might be the opposite, which is like you can tell them they're not going to get it and then just let their intuition work, you know, and give them the opportunities to see that. Because – oh, go ahead. I was just going to say I think what you said earlier about focusing on the UK is a really, really important piece in 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 figuring out how to, as a group, develop your students' intuition because – um, the the ukemi needs to be right for this because you're, you're creating a situation right and to create that situation the uke has to know what they're doing and so before you're training someone to make a good choice you know where in that example where it's like it could be this or it could be this feel what it is right and you're, you're training that feeling that intuition and, and reading the situation before you can have someone read a situation you, there has to be a situation to read that's right you know and so like the pre-work on that whole situation is to have to train some good ukes you know including even the lower students there there can be uh you can work on training them to create the right kind of situation right. and give the right kind of ukemi you know and so that's all the pre-work that you have to do in order to like make sure that that they're creating the right situation for everyone right. else right and i think part of that is uh i know you got something to say i'm sorry um but uh uh i think part of that also is like as the teacher, be crystal clear on all the opportunities at that moment, right? And this might sound weird, but you know, so when we're doing, you know, say we're doing ikkyomote or something, right? When Nage takes the elbow for the ikkyomote, 
there are several responses that Uke could have, right? Uke could turn their back. Uke could force their elbow down. Uke could overpower like a kokinage. Um, Uke could run away, literally. Uke could straighten their arm. Uke, you know, there's ton. I mean, uh, you know, that's a, a small list, but I could go on for a long time. You need to understand all the options that Uke has in that situation. And then you need to explain to Uke why those other ones are not what they're doing now, right? And then by doing that, that will clarify for Uke, and that will also clarify for Nage why that situation's happening. And for Nage, both on the academic level, as you were just instructing Uke, and then also on the intuitive level, as Uke provides the right Ukemi, and they get it, you know. I think you're right. Focusing on the Uke helps the Nage learn what the right. what That's the right. thing to do is. Um, I was going to say, I think, you know, the intellectual knowledge uh, is something that, that, like, a lot of times we throw a ton of stuff at at uh students uh on an intellectual level but i think you know what you were saying is 100% right which is like it's not all going to stick one thing is going to stick yeah. one thing but and those build so i think you do just give it to them regardless of whether they know it or not because it does help in in the 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 body of it um in some ways every class is a clean slate <laughs> Well, and, you know? and then talking about, you know, like the self-defense class, uh, for instance. So, you know, we do some wrestling and there's not a lot of instruction in terms of like um, the the uh, techniques. techniques. Yeah. But there is a general underlying, here's what's happening, here are your goals. And then you can work within those goals. Right. So you, you at least have to give them that much. Right. Right, and I think a lot of times, uh, you know, te- the teaching of Aikido, it, it, we you don't even get those underlying goals. You're just shown a technique, right. and you're supposed to understand what, what the, the what the technique is for and and what your goal is, right? And so in that way, yeah, like I may I may get the intuitive knowledge of how to feel in that that technique. But it's going to take a really long time for me to understand how to ever apply that in an actual situation because I don't have the other the other side of it, you right, know. Right. Yeah, I, I sometimes I was thinking the other day, and this is kind of tangential, but like um, transmitting Aikido to students, you know, so you can focus on say that Aikido was a, a, a poem or a passage of some kind, um, and you couldn't write it down; you had to give it to someone orally. Uh, orally. Right, yeah. Um, you could choose to teach them the thing by, you know, um, by by saying the exact words, right? You know, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union, you know, like say the exact words. Or you could give them the gist of the thing and say, pass along this message. Here's the here's the the, the essential message of this thing. And eventually, like if it was a game of telephone or something, if you were just memorizing the words, words would get drops here and there because that's what happens. People don't remember things the whole way. And then you'd have some garbled message that you wouldn't exactly be able to um, to to disentangle what that meant or or decipher what it is because the focus would be on the surface level, the, the words of it rather than the actual message of the thing. And I feel like that's kind of this is if you're not. Um, say, like setting up what is the goal of this thing that we're working on, then what you're doing essentially is just giving them some memorization. Oh, just Tenkan here, raise your arm there. And there may be some memorization to that, which looks like intuition, but at the end of the day, you know, 
people well, people leave the dojo for six months and then forget right. what the what well, the and fuck it might even be why. intuition for that exact moment of that thing, but they have no idea where that thing would ever apply right. in an actual string of situations. That's why you get people who can't understand, like can't really do Giawaza very nicely um, because they don't understand how the the series strings together. Right. Yeah. When uh, when I was first, uh, when I was still a student, you know, and, um, uh, well, I'm still a student, but when I was exclusively a student and not a teacher and thinking about starting to teach, um, I remember watching a thing go down with my teacher and um, basically there was a way my teacher wanted a thing to be done. And there was another guy who was assistant teaching in the dojo and he didn't want to do it that way, right? It was a trivial little thing. Um, and I remember thinking at the time when I was watching this unfold that I was like, ah, this, this kind of sucks because as the teacher, so for me, you know, and this is the way I feel now to this day, which is like, you're a teacher and you have an assistant teacher and you have a way you want to get things done. And that, that is the way that the school does them because you're the head of the school. And so that is the way it is. But at the same time, you don't want to stomp on your assistant teacher's creativity and their ideas about things and like you don't want to stop their ability to explore and find things out because they are growing and getting good also and you right, want they're them still stepping in traps and making mistakes right. and learning from those mistakes right. also right and you want them to become your peers and even if they came better than you that would be great because then there's someone better at the school right so that that is what you want and so like watching this unfold then i was like oh man this is so hard how do you how do you navigate this shit you know and, and i remember thinking like that was one of my things for a long time, like thinking about becoming a teacher and like, how do I solve that problem? How do I solve that problem? And I didn't have a lot of good answers, you know? Um, and then I started to realize that the more I understood the system, like I understood all the possibilities that are going on, the more I could have talks with the assistant instructors about why they were making the choices they were making and not just say that's wrong we don't do it that way in the school but like that is done because of this or this right and and we could logically see and i could explain like i'm showing it this way because i want this to happen um and not that your way is wrong um but make sure you're clear with the students that that is for this kind of situation and not for this kind of situation you know like and so so that way you you everyone continue to grow in the art but you you at the same time um are are all growing because you you're working together to find out what the superior thing is as opposed to just this is the you know this is the goal and kind of like the thing you, you guys were both saying and it's like the either the playing the telephone or, or just do it this way right it's like if you're doing that then you're stopping the growth of the system for for all involved you know right um and so so like i guess uh, to get back to uh, uh question it's like you need to be clear about what it is you want them to get and why it is you want them to get that thing. So then provide everything around it that way. You know, yeah. and that's anything he didn't say himself. You know, I think he knows he knows yeah. the right answer. It's just making it, as we usually say on the podcast, is making it clear in your own head about it before you go out and you know start teaching that. That's right. And, you know, your intuition as a teacher will just grow and grow and grow. Like, the more you're open to that, like, you know, every time I see someone fuck up, right, and I'm going to put quotes on that, right, like I, I see a an uke or somebody fuck up, right, I look at it and I go, why do I think that's a fuck up? Right. What's wrong with it? And is there anything good about it? And then why would that guy choose to do that? Yeah, you why know? did they – I think that's a The why huge, is good. That's such a huge learning thing to, like, watch someone do something just completely odd and then go – 
ah, but I see why you why that felt good for you. Right. Like I feel right. I see why you wanted to grab in that particular way or turn your back or like whatever, right? Um, and that can be a useful thing, right? To be right. able to go like, ah, you're turning your back. I know why you're turning your back when I'm trying to do ikkyo. Stop it. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, because um, then you can, 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 I mean, just on the basic level of speaking to a person about what they've just messed up, you can say, I can see why you did this. Right. That's totally understandable. However, this is what we're trying to strain instead of that. Right. And it makes someone feel like, oh, yeah, I'm not stupid. I just did this because of this thing. No. But but instead, right. we're going to work on that thing. And chances are it's something that everyone does. Right. Exactly. Because the more that I've experienced anyway, it's like here are the here are the problems and there's not many but this is these are the problems and this is and they're universal right you know yep it's not like you're the first person who's ever thought like i'm getting ego turn around or like right. you know or right. grab some weird way or but you'll never realize what you're talking about right now if you only go oh that's wrong that's right. different right. from how i teacher showed it and so and i think this is also probably at the heart of his question which is mm-hmm. i don't want to just give them an academic thing i want to i want them to see why that's a good thing he wants know? them to engage with right. it and to actually right. think about what would be the good thing here and i think that's a problem that a lot of people that we need to stop doing in uh like inter dojo wise like when we go to other people's seminars or we visit other people's dojos a lot of people are very good and respectful about it but i've heard people complain about people saying um well that's not how my sensei teaches or that's wrong or correcting someone when you're at someone else's seminar or something from the place of just that's wrong because it doesn't look like what i do you know and there's a there's a lack of analysis as to why maybe it's not wrong you know nobody thinks like it seems like people aren't stopping to think about well maybe their teacher taught them this because maybe they, yeah. this thing or maybe they're right. choosing to do this because that thing i remember years ago reading this insane post on uh, I, uh thread on ike web this is i mean i don't know 20 years ago 15 it's ike web so that's yeah, how long old. ago <laughs> um but uh, i remember um two people or two factions arguing about the proper way to shiko backwards Oh, and man. one was like, you know, oh, like, man. oh, it has to be on your toes. And the other was like, it has to be on your knee. And, you know, like, it's just, I mean, and I'm reading it and I was like, those are both valid ways to go backwards in Shiko. Uh, why would you argue about it? Like dogma. I, right. Exactly right. And that's, I mean, that's how, you know, that get came into my mind is it's like, it's just this dogmatic, like my teacher said this. So that's the way we do it. Well, why? Why did your teacher say that? You know, and 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 I wasn't getting a lot of that in it. That like they really knew what was better about one way or the other. Or a bigger question, which is, why is she go backwards right. fucking important? Right. You know, right. like I mean, I mean, I guess we could argue why that is, but but it's just it was such a funny thing. And so like it's like that stuff like catches us up all the times a system where like well yamada says this and yamada's right. smart so and it's like yeah yamada's smart but yamada's working towards this one angle and you know saito's not working towards that angle and so it's not that either one of them are right or wrong it's like they both got different ideas about what they're doing you know or like you know this is shiota well shiota was five foot nothing and so this worked better for him this way but then seagal doesn't do it that way well he's six freaking seven so he's a different right, animal right. you know like there's yeah. tons of stuff like that that we don't invest investigate why they want to do it that way it's just my teacher's right that teacher's wrong you know and it's funny to me because those are often people that claim to um be you know you know growing in their own art and stuff and it's like any field that i have ever learned even a little bit about i've realized that oh there's not really a huge consensus on 
things. You know what I mean? Things are gray. No, they're not black or white, you know? Even, like, learning about, like, medicine, you know, and being like, oh, wow, doctors don't really actually know that much about a lot of things, and they're Mm -hmm. guessing a lot of the time, and that's, you know, not a slight towards doctors. It's just, it's a a field that's constantly growing and learning, and people are, are arguing about different diagnoses, you know what I mean? And so it's like, to think that that martial arts would be any different, that it would be all straightforward and this is right and this is wrong and there's one perfect magic technique. It's it's silly and, and like kind of immature, you know? Right. Yes. It's like, I feel like learning that there's so much gray area is like an important step to actually being active, an active martial artist, you know? Yep. All right, folks. Oh, we're there? I don't know. Well, we got... We got we're 36. Uh, I was going to say, though, that I think he is correct in that, like, you it has to be approached from both sides. Yes. You know, like, ultimately the person does have to figure it out for themselves. Right. Yes. They have to. And ultimately they will. I mean, you know, so it's like you can build and build and build, uh, but ultimately it's they're going to have that mental whatever. But it has to be both. It can't just be, I understand it on an intellectual level. Right. You have to be able to feel it. To know why. To know, you That's know. the intuition. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's so many times that I could, like, I personally remember um, moments when the technique, like, I felt the thing and that technique was in me after yep. that. yep. So, like, it's 100% a true statement that, you know, the, you have to know, learn it, know it for yourself. Right, right. Um, well, I think that interaction between teacher and student is so, like, it's a relationship. And every relationship between teacher and student and teacher and student is different. And so the hard job for the teacher is to see that student, see that relationship as unique and, and actually interact with the student and figure out what they need and, and like listen to them. And it doesn't mean that the student's able to say what they need, but watch and listen and, and see, you know, what is this person, what kind of problem can I present them with to help them solve that? Or how right, can I right. create the correct, you know, playground for them to play and That's to figure right. it out, you know, and how can I also help all these other relationships interact with each other because it's not just me and the students me and the student and other student and another student and help them all interact with each other so that it's the best learning environment for everyone and that um is is kind of a daunting uh ask uh prospect but i also think it just occurred to me that it's like part of this also is that there's two other there's two different things happening so like if we're talking about techniques uh I have to learn that on my own intuitively, bodily, physically, the thing. Um, that cannot be – the instructor can't help with that. That's right. Really. Yeah, that's right. So all you can do is provide the underlying context. And if you don't, you're doing a disservice because the underlying context context is what allows you to put that technique into – the system and then actually know and understand the system like all of the pieces that you know intuitively that's right right so like i have to know it all intuitively but it's all little a bunch of little pieces right that yeah, i can only push together if i have the other part that the my instructor the system right gives to me right so you yeah. ha- it, like you have to have you have to have both right can't remember what teacher it was 
who said, um, you know, the teacher only lifts up the corner, you know, so like if you're trying to, to pick a box up off the ground, right, what the teacher does, you know, so like, you know, imagine there's a real freaking heavy box and um, you've got to move the box and you're trying to pick it up, but you can't get your hands under it to pick it up, you know, uh-huh. and so what a good teacher does is they know how to like get the corner up. And they can't carry the box for you. you got to carry your own fucking box. But what they'll do is they'll slide their finger in and get just the corner up. Right. And that allows you to start getting underneath the box. Right. And then once you can slide your hands in the box, you can pick it up and take it where you need. But the teacher can never lift the box for you. Right. Like, And so I think this is at the heart of what he's asking too. Like he wants to – he wants methods to – to give the students, you know, right. to just get the corner up for them so they can pick up the box. And I think the things that we're recommending right now are like learn how to create the playground for them to play in in order to do that. Um, and there's lots of ways, you know, and one of the big suggestions I think from this was um, try and make the ukes make the right choices right. and be able to explain to them clearly why the uke would make that choice, you know. I think it's always a bad approach to tell uke, don't do it like that. Right? It's a much better approach to say the way you're doing it would be good or bad for, for this, this thing. Right. But not for what we're doing right now, right? Yeah. So it seems like what you would have to do, you know, even if you're just lesson planning in the moment, you know, you're not actually planning, you're just doing like as a teacher is to go, what am I trying to teach them, first of all? Uh, and then from there, what kind of situation can I create to make uh, – to, to help them see the, the, the moral or the lesson right. of the story, you know? And then if the uki is doing something that's not right from that, then you have to take, you know, parentheses, go into that specific thing and go, okay, how can I create a situation to where uki doesn't want to do that stupid thing they're doing and do the right thing that they're supposed to do, right. you know? That's right. In, in your example of the, um, you know, turning your back, turning that into an ariminage and having, you know, providing them with that and then going back to the original thing kind of helps them to see, oh, I wouldn't want to do that. Right. You know? And so, like, following that train of, like, what do I want to teach? How can I create a situation that, 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 that would fit that, that would help teach that lesson? And then, you know, how can I impart that to the students? Here is the situation. I could go play in it, you know? And this is really fun. Uh, one time I, I was teaching Ikkyo Mote. And uh, uh, one of the students, uh, he's a new guy, and he's good-hearted. He just didn't know what the hell he was doing. And um, he kept turning <laughs> Bless his heart. He kept turning his back on this guy who um, was a little, a little better than um, you know had been training a little longer than him, but still really didn't know what the hell was going on. And I, because he was turning his back, then the the guy couldn't do the ikiomote. And I could tell the guy was like, well, "What the fuck, you know? Iki, this maybe this technique's no good, you know?" So I just came over. And I dumped the kid with a – I said, here, take the ukemi for me. I dumped the kid with an irimi-nage. Then I dumped the kid with a sumiotosh. Then I dumped the kid <laughs> with a koshinage. Then I dumped the – I mean, I just dumped him. Dump, I found as many different ways to dump as I could from, from him turning his back. And then at one point – I mean, I was throwing him pretty good. At one point, he was like uh, – he was like, I don't, I don't understand. And I'm like, what don't you understand? And he's like, he's like, why do you keep throwing me in all these other ways? And I said – you tell me, why can I throw you in all these other ways? He's like, well, I keep turning my back, and every time I do, you throw me down like that. And I said, how could you stop me from doing any of those other techniques? And then he did perfect ukimi for ikkyomote. And then I took him down. He goes, oh, but then you'll just do that. And I said, what are we working on <laughs> right, right, right now? Right. And he's all, oh. <laughs> you know, and it was like this like this revolutionary moment. But See, he learned that for himself. That's right. <laughs> that he totally moment. learned it for himself. Right. But but it's like, you know, just create the, the right environment. And then after I screened out Uke, Nage took care of himself. Right. He understood what the technique was for, you know. That happens a lot, I yeah. feel like. It's pretty common. Yeah. that's. I think that's the thing that happens a lot is people unconsciously want to win. And so they're just 
not even realizing they're they're uh, you know thwarting right sabotaging sabotaging the, the technique because they are just like well I don't want that to happen let me straighten my arm right, over right. here let me drop my elbow and if you as a teacher are wise to them doing that like you know I'm always watching my students for what unconscious shit they're pulling and then I'll just point out you're doing this unconsciously and here's why you're doing that there's nothing wrong with it but that's not going to provide right. this. And we'll, I think we'll get there. Yeah. Usually it's like we're, you know, we're doing a little kind of circle or a loop and people are like three steps ahead, ahead right, on the loop. Right. And it's like, all right, we'll get there, but we're not there yet, dude. <laughs> yeah. Relax. I think back. the other thing, too, is like going Usually back. Usually that's me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, going back to the beginning a little bit, you know, later on. So this for right now, what we were talking about is training a specific technique and the right ukemi for a specific technique. But later on, maybe you do want to train them to adapt to whatever uke does within sure. a certain situation. And so just be clear with them. Hey, now is a time where you can adapt. And, right. and, and Nage, it's right. your job to to work the techniques that we've been working on and, and listen and feel what to what they're doing. Right. Um, and I mean, you know, yeah. that's that comes down to like being clear as a teacher, like what's Kihon practice, what's Kino Nagare practice, right. what's Jiyawaza practice, what's Kanran practice, what's Kaishi practice, you know, like what practice are we doing and what's clear, you know, and you can explain to students when we do Kanran, that'll be perfectly exceptional, acceptable to do. But right now we're doing Kion and the Kion situation is X, Y, Z, you know. And I think that that's actually a good point is understanding those differences because I think sometimes people, they they don't. You know the training methods piece you know, is important. That you're doing a keyhone technique in motion, right? So, but it's still a, a keyhone, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and that's different than the geowaza that right, you want right. to do. Yep. Um, so, understanding those things is is kind of important too. I think. Yeah. All right. All right. We well, did it. We yeah, we, we did wasted it. that extra ten minutes. <laughs> I knew I knew we could good. do it. Oh my goodness! Not waste. Nothing's wasted. On this show, just right. my time. No, I'm just <laughs> uh, so we will thank uh, our patrons for all the greatness. <laughs> it was awesome. I know. Now, a- now, everyone, we will thank our patrons. <laughs> Maya, take it away. To, to the, the, to the <laughs> list. <laughs> to the list. I don't hold uh, the list. I guess I could. I mean, you know, you could say some nice things, like thank you so much to our patrons. We really appreciate you. Um, You make it possible for us to keep all of our episodes online and to have gear. Uh, I think we got a compliment on our last uh, podcast. We did. Our mic game was strong. Yeah, Yeah. that our our audio was on point. So thank you. Hopefully I didn't screw those levels up. I tried to to keep them all the same so I wouldn't screw up. And also for giving us topic ideas like this. This yeah, is great. Thank you very um, much. We, I yeah. hope that we did it justice. Um, you know, let us know if it, it wasn't what you wanted, um, and we'll give it another try. Yeah. We always kind of meander around, but I think I think it's good because we get a bunch of stuff. But, yeah, if it wasn't quite on exactly what you wanted to. Ask again. Here, yeah, ask well, again. Yeah. So thank you so much to Rob Kitson, John Smith, Francis Cordon, Scott Burns, Sension Center, Barrett Lippy, Yuli Simku, Matt Mumford, Lenny Acuna, Randy Stewart, Sam Sulian, Michael Heed, Jim Sullivan, Marcin Chis, Hillary Jones, Franz Martinson, Brian Crowley, Thomas Polino, Flora Hanawick, Lisa Klein, Sharon Okada, Jim Gallant, Genghis Galahad, Matt Riley, Tommy Siv, Dave Dewberry, Okan, Ayrton, Constantinos, Andrew, Thank Christopher you. Aceto, and Grant Templin. I tried to do it in one breath and it didn't happen. Can't, yeah. That was a hard one. <laughs> That's kind of You'd awesome, have to be though. like the Micro Machines awesome. guy. Remember Micro Machines? If I had taken a big breath at the awesome. beginning, I might have been able yeah. to do it. And done it a little quicker. 
Right. Sped it up. Yeah. I know. It's we're gonna have better to better work on that. Speed it up. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I'll be doing with my free time. Yeah, that's good because <laughs> you got um, 10, 15 minutes a day. Right. right. <gasps> a total of free yeah, time. That's right. Yeah. You may use that. You slacker. All right. Uh, tip of the week. Um, as Uke, be clear. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure we've said this before, but what your ukemi is and what is the appropriate ukemi for the situation and what the training method is that you're using too because that's the ukemi needs to fit the training method that's right so it should also be at the same pace and the same rhythm and the same force the same all these things you know and that often is what will greatly help or hurt the nage's ability to do the technique and, and uh, don't be afraid to ask. If you don't understand something, don't be afraid to go like, what am I doing here? And, and don't be afraid <laughs> like, to, be, you know, to be overdramatic, like, I feel. What? You know, like it's easier, not overdramatic, like, but like, like really, really make it obvious, especially if someone's new and oh. learning, you know, make it really obvious that it's a mote. Or really obvious I that it's I thought you better. were talking about the, in asking the question. Oh, be over no. dramatic. I was like, this is weird. Teacher, okay. teacher. <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> Please assist me. There's this like, guy who used to always go to, I can't say what he'd say because it's really rude. But, but man, there used to be this guy who always go to seminars and he would have these dramatic over the top uh, exclamation you know like yeah. like that you know what don't like, do that oh please stop. no right. what i meant was your kemi <laughs> so if you if you're if the person's having a hard time understanding what's going on or what is supposed to be happening in the technique be really obvious there's nothing that is going to hurt you in being like you know my elbow's really high for this so you right. should do this and you or, can the subtlety can come later yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. I think people sometimes too early throw that subtlety in early because they're like, ooh, I'm being sneakier. Let you read me. It's like, no, just be obvious. Right, right. We need, Especially we need in the it beginning. obvious. Yes. Yeah. You can do tricky shit with uh, advanced students and, and, and don't do tricky shit with new students. There you go. Make That's the tip of the week. Yeah. That's the tip of the week. Right. Don't do sneaky shit with new students. Yeah, it's it's new students. shitty, man. <laughs> so uh, there was like 15 tips. Right. but <laughs> <laughs> No, there's two. We, we're just full of tips. I know. <laughs> the whole thing, everything, every week is a, a big, tip. big fat yeah. tip. All right. That's it. Yeah. Until next week. See Thanks, you next guys. week, guys.